Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And today we are talking about Braveheart. But before we get into that, it is the week of Thanksgiving. Are you guys all set, all ready to go? Hopefully. I am ordering, <laughs> I'm ordering my turkey. You're I'm ordering a honey, a honey baked ham turkey. Nice. Nice. I've had those before. They're pretty delicious. So that I haven't good. had the turkey. I'm excited. We figured there's just the two of us. It's COVID. It's quarantine. So, uh, I mean, I'll do the rest. I'll do the potatoes and the stuffing and a few things. But I'm like, I really don't want to make a turkey by myself. And I don't want to <laughs> eat turkey for the next three months. So, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. my first Thanksgiving with my boyfriend because last year on Thanksgiving, he dropped me off at my friend Mike's house in California and he went to his mom's house in San Diego. Um, and so we were at the grocery store when we got back from our vacation. I'm like, oh, you know what we should buy right now is the turkey. So he goes over and he picks the biggest turkey. It's like this big <laughs> in the world. And I'm like... I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll wake up at like two in the morning to put that on. He's like, oh, I'll totally help you. And I'm like, I'll do really? it. It's fine. Really? So I actually, I actually enjoy, I figured out like during COVID, I really enjoy cooking and I've made two other like Thanksgivings by myself before. And I really do like getting up early when nobody's awake, the house is quiet. I can <laughs> chop everything up, get everything in the oven. I'm just hoping that it'll be thawed. Yeah. <laughs> Start now. Start thawing the now. The science of the thaw. Yeah, the science yeah. of the thaw. <laughs> the thaw you got to get it just right. Got to get it just right. Yeah, and this is this is the first Thanksgiving that we're not going to be spending it with any extended family uh, as well, and it, um, which is going to be really different. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited to kind of just be, not have to go anywhere because I feel like yeah. ever since my wife and I got married, and then we had kids these big holidays and I love my family and I love my wife's family. So I hope this doesn't, if they listen, none of them listen to this, so it'll be fine. But, <laughs> but like, I love them, but it becomes a marathon day. Like Thanksgiving and Christmas yeah. are these long going to everybody's houses and seeing everybody. And I'm, I'm thankful this year that the world has kind of forced us to have to stay home and take it easy on Thanksgiving. And it'll be really, really nice. So um, we're we're looking forward to that part of it. Well, well I'll be having gotta... eleven Z's on Thanksgiving since I have the big turkey, <laughs> and we're eating it. We're gonna eat at one and four and seven and eleven. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's how it should be on Thanksgiving. That's the way put, to do it. Put some the football on or some Christmas movies or whatever you want to enjoy, and just, just... graze. Yeah, just yeah. graze. Um, <laughs> But speaking of thankful, I, I have to take a second and thank both of you guys because working on this show and especially through COVID, being able to talk about movies and to go to a fun place and, and uh, enjoy your company has been absolutely phenomenal. So I Thanks, agree. Tracy. Thank you. A little, little heart there. A little emotional heart there. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. Like, I think, like, I can't wait to be back in the same room with you guys. I don't right. even know what that feels like. I just posted a picture, which I'll have to put on our movies that make us page of like when we were at the old watchtower mm -hmm. a year ago, taking a picture when Tracy's growing out of Jake's head. Um, <laughs> right. I'll have to put it on our <laughs> Facebook love that page. Picture. 
But like, I can't wait until we can actually go to the new watchtower, if that even yep. would be a thing at some point and, and have that, but we don't. And so I'm really happy that we have the technology that we have and we get to do this and we get to watch so many things because usually in the busy, right? crazy world, trying to even fit in the movies or the TV shows that we want to watch is a little difficult. So that's been a little easy before we jump into Braveheart. Are you guys like addicted to anything right now? Are you streaming anything? Have you watched anything that you think anybody should like go out and like tune into? I finished watching every episode and season of the crown. And then I okay. was so enveloped in the story because we all kind of know the story, but they like jump in and behind the scenes that I went and watched every single documentary on Netflix that had to do with the Royal family. There are wow. seven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up talking in like an English accent for a day and a half. I'm okay. Now you I went don't... down the rabbit hole. I did. <laughs> Um, I've, I've heard really good things about the crown, really, really good mm -hmm. things, um, from a lot of people. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched just because there is so much stuff to watch. Yeah. Um, we did a, a free trial of HBO max that was supposed to last mm. a week and then I forgot to cancel it. So we went ahead and paid for a month. So we've got that going right now. I love HBO you max. Get, you can get it. Wonder Woman. Yeah, if mm -hmm. I keep it through Wonder Woman is December. coming out Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it for a year with my Amazon and I love HBO. They have a ton of great content on there. So I don't think you'll regret it. Yeah. I've been no, waiting we've, for it to we've come enjoyed out on Roku, it. but it hasn't yet. So I might have to go Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. Yeah. We we've enjoyed it. It's got all the Studio Ghibli stuff, which mm -hmm. my kids have just devoured all of those nice. films. Like I showed them and they were like, what is this? And then they started watching it. My daughter, Marin is way into anime right now. So she was hooked right away, but everybody like that's all they've been watching lately. And so that's been what we've been have, what we've had going on in our house. Um, and of course the Mandalorian. Yep. And then we did, my son, Ben has watched the star Wars holiday special, the Lego star Wars holiday I special. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I'm doing oh, okay. that this weekend. I won't spoil anything. But he has watched it like three or four times and he nice. just loves it and just giggles every time he's watching it. And I'm right there giggling with him because there are so many jokes that if you're a longtime Star Wars fan, you'll really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just great. Well, I like so. that you said that because we're going to be talking about it in two weeks um, on Multiplane. And uh -huh. um, and that I got a text message late last night from Ty that says it's trash. And then really? you said you loved it. So I'm like, don't tell oh. me. I haven't watched I, it. <laughs> I thought it was really cute. I, I yeah. felt like it, it's definitely geared towards the little ones. It's definitely yeah, it, geared towards the kids, but I, well, I Ty's 12 adorable. years old. He should like it. It may. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you have to go in with the expectation. Number one, this isn't going to be canon. There's nothing canon about right. the I don't Lego ever have Star that Wars movies. Yeah. And and it's not going to be serious because if you've watched any of the other Lego Star Wars movies or if you've played the Lego Star Wars video games, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, or if you know anything like the Lego Batman movie or the I Lego just movie. Lego. Yeah, I like Lego They're movies. just fun. Uh -huh. And so if you go in with the expectation that it's, that 
and and I I'm sure Ty did, so I don't know why he didn't enjoy it. It's usually fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to tune in and see what he says on multiplayer Definitely. to find out why he said it was trash because <laughs> I thought it was funny. So I thought it was maybe cute. he's just saying that so that my expectations go down and then I'll be like, but I really loved it. And he's like, just kidding, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you trickster. Uh I think it's great. It it pokes fun at itself quite a bit. And mm-hmm. um and if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, then there's even some other there's even some jokes that have to do with that that you're like, yeah. okay, that's pretty good. So <laughs> okay, okay, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. But yeah, we've been enjoying that. So other than that, I've been, uh, for our listeners that may not know, I, I fell and had an injury. And so I've been recovering from that and I've just fallen back into watching Star Trek because that's kind of my comfort food. So I've been watching a lot of next generation. So nothing new really. Now I wanted to ask you this, Jake, before we get into Braveheart and then we can. Um, okay. So Tracy, asked us if we would do a Disney run and we all said, great. Yes, we'll totally do it. And then all of a sudden you fall down. (laughs) (laughs) I think actually what happened was I fell and uh, I saw Tracy talking on Facebook about possibly going down to Florida to finish his virtual dopey challenge. Which sounds incredible to me. Tracy, you're doing what? A 10K, a half, and a full? Oh my five, gosh. A 5, 10, a half, and a full. Yeah, Over so that eight. sounds that sounds insane to me. It is. Um, you're amazing. You're amazing. But, but Tracy, I've always been inspired by the amount of running that he does and how devoted he's been to it and how healthy he's gotten as he's gotten into it. And it's been really amazing. And so I mentioned to him while I'm laying in bed recovering from this injury where I can't walk. Oh, it happened I can't. after? Oh, okay. It did. Yeah. It happened after that I, <laughs> Sorry, my that I reached out to him and I said, free. maybe when I'm, when I'm healed, I now appreciate my body more and I'll want to get and, and do something like this. And so um, it wasn't, uh, that would have been awesome though. That would have been awesome if it worked out that way. That was like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, oh my hip. Broke oh. my hip, fractured my hip. No, but I'm excited. We have 2022. We are going to go as a show and we're going to run. And hopefully I by 2022, I enjoy running. I, I've been doing yeah. it for four days now and I still don't like it, but I'm going to keep going. I, I don't like it. I like the medals and I like the benefits, mm-hmm. but okay, yeah, actual doing okay. Like the whole runner's high, that's a myth. Oh, I get that. No, like after, once yeah. I'm done running and then I go and I do um, some stretches and some weightlifting and some other things at the gym, I'm there for about two hours. Like the first day after I ran, I had like, uh, there's always a, at the gym why I go is it always gives me these endorphins that make me feel good. That's why I go, right? It helps my mm-hmm. mental health as well. Um, but after I ran and I pushed and I pushed and then the second day I did it and I did um, my other workout and then I walked over to the weights and as I'm walking this whole like thing just like rushed through my body and I was like I feel really good right now <laughs> but while I was no doing fair. it I'm like I hate you Tracy I hate you <laughs> she cursed my name while at the gym I'm just yeah. kidding I didn't <laughs> That's you know awesome. where there's yeah, a lot cool. of running at the beginning of Braveheart. <laughs> that's true. This is that's a good segue. So, 
Braveheart, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. Um, and it kind of has some significance for me. Um, this is the first R-rated movie that I saw in the theater. I think it came out, what, 93? 95, 90, I think. It was, no, it was um, 19, I looked at it this morning. Yeah, 1995, Tracy, you're right. Okay, 95. Okay, so I was a teenager. And uh, my grandparents, every year for Memorial Day, would go up to Jackson hole. And for this year, they invited me to come with them and they were taking the grandkids every year, one grandkid each year to, to Jackson hole. Um, and it is what every 13 year old dreams of a trip with two old people, to Jackson hole, Wyoming, <laughs> like it is everything. It sounds like it is. Um, my, my grandma hit every shop in the whole city. And uh, my granddad complained about it the whole time to me and I was just stuck in the middle, so whatever. But <laughs> but there was a theater, and I and I don't know if this has changed a whole lot in Jacksonville, but there was a theater that basically showed like one or two movies. And the yeah. movie that they were showing at the time was Braveheart. It had come out that weekend, and that was the big movie. And my granddad's like, oh, let's go see that. That looks cool. And it's, you know, it's got Mel Gibson, and it's got fighting and wars and everything. And my grandma was like, well, it's probably a little hard for Jake. He's, you know, he's still pretty young because i was 13 like barely a teenager uh-huh. and it's like oh no he'll be fine let's just go see it so we go in to watch it and my eyes were open quite a bit i mean it was very like i it was pretty intense like now watching it i don't like i remember at the time thinking this is the most violent thing i've ever seen and now you watch it and it's not overly gory compared to a lot of other stuff that's out there you've, yeah, but you've I've seen worse things on instagram like it's- yeah exactly <laughs> But like at the time, like it just shocked me a little bit. Uh-huh. And so that was, that's my memory with, with Braveheart is that my grandparents took me to go see it's, that. And I think they were surprised. Yeah, exactly. My grandma's like, oh, I don't put hair on his chest. That was always his thing they'd say. <laughs> Everything would put hair on your chest. Had me try coffee one time, like just straight up black coffee, no sugar, <gasps> no creamer. It's like, it'll put hair on your chest. And I've never that- wanted to drink coffee since then because it was gross. <laughs> Gross. Gross. but that was his thing everything will put hair on and for chest. the next like two hours you were like hey let's what do you want to do what do you want me to do do you want me to do yeah exactly let's, I go ship. I'm like, let's go <laughs> so that's that's my story with braveheart this was the first r-rated movie that i that i saw but it's one that like i still really enjoy quite a bit i like the story a lot um i like the acting i think it's told in a in a really great way um and the violence that's in it isn't over the top and it fits in with the story. And it just, I don't know, all around, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it yeah. definitely was pretty shocking for the violence. I remember when it came out and uh, I was finishing up my time at the at the uh, old video shark, although we'd been bought out by Blockbuster. <laughs> but I had a lot of people asking me and I'm like, well, I don't really have a problem with R-rated movies. So I thought it was okay. But then they'd come back sometimes and complain about the violence, especially at the end. I think the the end is kind of where it hits people the most. But but yeah, it was quite it was quite violent at the time. I think I, I, when I first saw it, because I was probably 15, 14 or fifteen um, when it came out, and I did go see it in the theater. And I mean, I loved epic battle movies, um, mm-hmm. and I do think that. 
the way this film was made and the way that I think a lot of epic movies were made during this time period, um, time frame, not time period, um, was you had the battles and you had the gore, but it was romanticized in such a way mm-hmm. that um, that you almost... I don't know that it was as gory. Like, I think if you would have taken right, the romantic right. story out of it of just who he was and why he did what he did and everything, it would have seemed a lot worse. And I haven't watched it in like five years until I watched it again the other day. And I, mm-hmm. I see it in a different way now because I think as like at 14, it was just this huge epic you know, larger than life movie and story. And you almost couldn't wrap your brain around it at that young of a kid. And then, you know, I saw it again a couple of years later and then I watched it quite a bit through film school and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and, mm-hmm. But like watching it now with like when your world changes around you and you're seeing what the romantic kind of story is, and I'm not saying romance, but his right, romance right. about what he was fighting for and what kind of our country has been going through over the past five years kind of put it in a different perspective for me. Um, But it is like, it's really hard to watch because like it's Mel Gibson does a really great thing about making you feel what is happening on screen with the things that he directs. He like, Mm -hmm. you can almost taste what's happening. Like you can hear it. You can feel it. You can almost taste yeah. it. It's, it's all the senses. He did it with passion of the Christ. He did mm-hmm. it with this movie. Like it's apocalypto it, apocalypto. He did it, which is not one of my favorite movies of his, but I still think that he tries to make you totally get enveloped in what's yeah. going on to the point where sometimes you feel uncomfortable, but on purpose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very immersive in that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is interesting because, um, you know, he, it, okay. So I have a question. Did you guys find it weird watching it, knowing now what we know about Mel Gibson and kind of the stuff? Yeah, that so he, that's a good question. That was a weird thing for me. And yeah. I try and divorce that sort of stuff from the film, but I just kind of, I don't know. It, it's hard for me um, because I do, I, I'm with you, Tracy. I try to, de- to kind of keep that separate from any kind of art that I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. The reality is anybody that that's an actor or a director or a writer, or they're all going to have things in their personal life that I'm not go- going to agree with regardless of, of whatever. And obviously he's been very, his stuff has been a little bit more controversial than a lot of the other, a lot of other people out there. But for me, an example would be like one of my favorite books that I, loved growing up that's still one of my favorite books to read is Ender's Game but Mm -hmm. I really struggle with the author of Ender's Game right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that this is similar for me like this is still a really good movie and what has happened in his personal life since then and the comments that he's made and the things that he's done like doesn't change that this movie is still really really good and it but it can be hard to look at it and be like yeah but he's such a a (laughs) guy yeah, we'll I mean, that, I, but. like, I feel like it's harder for me to watch his newer work. Yeah, going mm-hmm. back and watching his older work for me isn't as hard because I feel I do feel like people go through different things at different stages of their lives, and sometimes they grow out of them. It's it's really hard for me to like listen to Michael Jackson music. I know some yeah. people it doesn't bother mm-hmm. them, but like I grew up loving him, and you know 
like, but the newer stuff, like the Jackson five stuff, I don't have any issue. Like my brain kind of decompartmentalizes like the, the life. So I think with Mel Gibson's newer stuff, like I watched the Patriot, um, uh, before I went on vacation. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, because I was getting ready for all the patriotic things that I was going to be doing. Um, <laughs> um, and I really thought I was going to have an issue with it. And I didn't. And then when I turned Braveheart on, I didn't either. And I think it's because, and I'm going to give him credit for this. When Mel Gibson plays certain roles, he disappears into those roles. Mm -hmm. Not, mm -hmm. not always, not in every movie. I do think his newer stuff, he's just totally him. I can't get past seeing him, but in his older stuff in the nineties, um, I really do think he did a great job at disappearing into this film. And I didn't know this, but he didn't even want to be the main character. He really just wanted to direct this film, but because he had only done some, uh, some smaller pictures, the studio I was like, he, well, I, I was going to say, I think he only did man with two, uh, man, man with two man faces. Without a Man without a face. Man without a face. That's yeah. yeah. He did, but he did like a short or like some independent, like oh, obscure thing or something. And so the studio was like, "Look, you can totally direct this, but your box office gold, so you also have to be in it." And I think what mm -hmm. Hollywood and people outside of Hollywood thought was like, "Okay, well now he just thinks he's big stuff. He's gonna direct the film. He's gonna star in the film." Like right. at the time, that's what I thought too. I was like, "I mean, but oh well, he can do it," you know. And then it right. was a really good movie. So I didn't care, but I mean, he really didn't. He really wanted to direct and kind of leave, you know, acting behind for a while and really get into directing. And so you kind of have to do what you want to do. And so really learning like how this movie came about was really cool to me. Like the, the writer of the film, um, Randall, is that right? Randall? I think Wallace. Wallace, oh, no. who is not. Yeah. Hang on. No, it's Wallace. It's Randall Wallace, but he's not related um, mm -hmm. yeah, Randall Wallace, but there's no relation to William Wallace. He actually was on vacation. Um, and he was at the castle, um, in Edinburgh and he was listening to the story and he's like, well, dang, this is a really good story. I need to write a screenplay for this film. And he actually wrote all of the screenplay before he went back and got any of the historic research for it, because he said, I really wanted the drama of the story that was being told to me like on film. And so a lot of people were really angry that it wasn't really, you know, historically accurate. And he's like, I'm not, again, I'm not writing a documentary. This is my dramatic interpretation, interpretation. of the story, but he did go back after he wrote it and kind of did some more research and inserted some, you know, historical things, but I wouldn't have ever known, like the only people that really knew that were people that, you know, knew the story, but what right. did it make me do? It made me go and want to learn more about this story after I had watched the movie and as a teenager, which I thought was super powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I remember this movie being really, really long when I was a kid, like, cause it's 178 it's really minutes long. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. And there are definitely parts where you're like, okay, but like, it's funny to me because that was so abnormal at the time for a movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess these big epic movies, it wasn't as strange, but they, I think they this is one of those them, that really pushed they movies they to be longer. Long. Yeah. yeah. They, a lot of the films, even the epics at the time, weren't that big of a deal. And I remember it was such a pain for us working at the video store because it came in two mm -hmm. video cassettes. 
And so we would have to like rubber band the interior so that they, they would be kept together yes. because people would bring back one of the two tapes. Um, yeah, it was, it was like, they'd have a hard time putting it into our drop boxes. It was, there, there well, were many that were double Dang you, Braveheart. Dang you. <laughs> well, I remember my parents' um, video collection as a kid and like, it was like this one that was two video cassettes. Um, I remember when Titanic came out, it was two video cassettes. Uh-huh. And then like Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> was two video cassettes. But like everything else was like, that's how you knew it was a really long movie. And I You're felt like, like. We have to. <laughs> yeah. We have to watch that again. <laughs> but but Tracy, you mentioned that you feel like it's still a really long movie. So you feel like there are definitely parts that, that could be cut out and it could be cut down and, and a little tighter. But I hadn't watched it probably since early nineties oh. and I was watching it again last night. And, and when I went to film school, editing was my jam. I loved mm-hmm. being in the editing room. Um, I loved, and, and one of the things that we were just, it was drilled into our heads was you got to cut to the bone. Like you got to cut and cut and cut. And the, they have the term kill your darlings. Um, I don't think, they, I don't think they teach that anymore. I, I don't either. Like, just let it fly. <laughs> do whatever you want. I'm watching, hours, I'm watching last night and I'm like, oh, another reaction shot. Oh, okay, there's another shot. Okay, we're gonna watch him ride his horse across the entire field. Okay, here we go. Um it, yeah. it, there's a lot of editing that could have been done in in my opinion. Um, I don't like to go back and criticize previous works, and it is what it is, but to me, I was just like, oh, you it, it was kind of driving my editor brain crazy. So, it's kind of well, our job to go back and criticize previous works. Isn't that what our show's true. about? This yeah, is true. We <laughs> like we talked about what we love about it, but at the we're same time, we're not always permission. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I love, I love the, the setting. It's absolutely gorgeous. The cinematography was pretty good. The acting's pretty good, but the editing, man, I was just like, this thing is bloated. It could definitely use a trim. Yeah. And it's funny because having kind of, grown up watching this and have, and it was one of my favorite movies. I don't know that I ever really thought that until I watched Mm -hmm. it again recently, um, had my wife sit down and watch it with me and then watch it again for the show where I feel like, yeah, it definitely like you think of it as this big Epic war movie, Mm -hmm. but the battle scenes are few and far between really. And like the music, which is beautiful. There's a lot of it. That's that really kind of slow music. And you're like, and the scene, combined with the music just drags on forever and you're like okay when are they going to start chopping people's legs off <laughs> and like shooting people in the butt with arrows like what does that happen i want to see like, somebody get, get shot part. in the butt yeah exactly <laughs> which i don't understand if you're going to sit out there and wave your butt around and they're, then they're going to shoot arrows at it there's no way i'm turning around the front and doing that because then they're going to shoot arrows there too This is like the Skyrim meme about being shot in the knee, but worse. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to my daughter. She's coming in asking if she can play games, but she's got schoolwork she needs to finish first. Oh, <laughs> so. so um what's something um cool is that some of the um people who played warriors in the film were actual soldiers. Oh, really? oh, that's cool. Not from that time, obviously, but they're <laughs> actual soldiers. I thought Bill and Ted went and got some of them. 
Bill and Ted went and got some. Gibson put them in the movie. No, they're just Perfect. real life soldiers um, from Irish um, uh, territorial army. So that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and they had some English forces and Scottish forces. And luckily, I mean, other than when they were filming, they all got along on set. Mm-hmm. Except for when they weren't supposed to. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did also read that some of his influences for this film was some of the battle scenes from Mad Max. And once I knew that, and then I watched the movie again, I was like, okay. And then he also, when he, when he knew he wanted to make this film, he's like, okay, I want it to be kind of like Spartacus. So when Mm -hmm. you see some of those really long shots, Tracy, and some, you know, those inflated long shots that kind of, you know, going around the whole thing, the whole village, the, the Spartacus you know, yeah. in there. So it was yeah. kind of interesting where he got his influences for this film. I do think that this film um, was him trying to prove a point. And mm-hmm. so I, he probably wanted to show, I can shoot a really beautiful film. I can tell a really good story, but I agree with you. There were some scenes that I think could have been shorter, but I kind of liked the fact that he, they showed him running across the whole field. Like that's, that's kind of that create creating the romanticism in your mind about, you know, where they're at and what they're doing and how small they are compared to what a big problem this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that scene is probably a bad example, more of like when they're like in the village and then we have like him riding a horse and he's only like this far into this, into the frame. And then we have three reaction shots of people looking at him and then we cut to his face and then we cut to a long shot of him walking. And he's only gone this far. And then we get more reaction <laughs> shots of people. I'm like, Okay, come on. <laughs> that reminds me of an episode that I watched of Family Guy the other day when they're on the beach and she's like, I'm going to go throw this candy wrapper away to that get- trash can that's 25 minutes down the beach and they just show her slowly walking. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, yeah. And she's still there. And- <laughs> but I definitely see the influence of uh, Mad Max in the film. And I think it's interesting because I see a lot of that in Zack Snyder. Um, it really kind of started yeah. with Mad Max and it kind of carried over to this, but Snyder took it to a whole nother level doing um, slowing down time during fights and um, doing jump cuts. He does a lot of jump cuts in the battle scenes um, to kind of mm-hmm. make it jarring and to kind of make you feel like it's kind of what you were saying earlier, Val It's that immersive experience. You really kind of feel like you're in the chaos of the battle. Mm-hmm. yeah and you and you really do feel that way like um it's true when you mentioned you could like smell it and taste it like even the parts that you don't want to smell and taste yep. you can definitely <laughs> like you come out you're like i feel like you watch it you're like i feel like i need to go take a shower now because i just you feel really gross. do like muddy and bloody <laughs> and just gross bloody balls like you know there's a lot of that going on uh, <laughs> I, I think the kilts help with that though i think because it lets the kind of air flow a little bit more. i mm-hmm. have no idea but i'll yeah. i'll take your word for the it but, um, with that a lot more than the props did. <laughs> so. um i do like the fact and i think some people think 
that this is not a good route to go, but I do like the fact that he shot this film in sequence. So mm -hmm. the first thing that you see was the first shot that they did. Like he wanted to shoot it exactly how it went. And sometimes that can be a little more expensive, but I think when you're doing a film like this, that's that intense and you have that many battle scenes and that many people incorporated, um, I, I do think that it was super smart to do it that way. What yeah. And it's always, and as someone who's not a filmmaker, I, it's weird for me to think about when filmmakers don't do it that way. And I know that that's not a common way to do it. Like it's much more common to kind of shoot the scenes in different order because of, you know, budget needs or just, you know, you might have an, yeah, logistics reasons. Like you have an actor who can only be on set for this many days. And so you've got to get all of his scenes or her scenes done and things like yeah, that. Right. But like, I think with Lord of the Rings, one of the first scenes that they shot was the final scene yeah. in, in Mount Doom. Oh, and interesting. That's just, that's just weird to me. And I'm sure that someone can correct me. I'm sure if Larry listens to this episode, he'll <laughs> let me know if I'm wrong. But I thought I had heard that somewhere. But like, no, I think you're right. And I think that's so weird to me because like shooting in sequence, like this movie shooting in sequence at the end, when he's looking exhausted, he's probably exhausted from making <laughs> the movie, true. you know? And like, it just seems like there's a little bit more realism because they, they've gone through the journey of making this film as they get to the end of the film. And so I think that's an interesting way to do it. And I, and it worked in this yeah. movie. I mean, it worked well, for I them to do it that way. Your actors, feel like they're going through the journey with you. I think when you slam an actor with something like that, um, so crazy as their first shot, you're really gambling. Like I remember when Halle Berry was interviewed for Monsters Ball and the first shot that they shot was the one of her naked um, yeah. you know, and, and the cast and it's like, okay, your first day on the set, you don't really have any, you don't know really anyone. You don't have that repertoire yet. You don't feel comfortable. And he said he did it on purpose because he didn't want her to feel comfortable because yeah. she wasn't supposed to. And the audience was supposed to not feel comfortable. And I'm like, dang, like that's real. <laughs> like I get it, but young yeah. as you, that's, that's, that's harsh, man. Let's make you do the yeah. most uncomfortable, worst thing you were ever think of doing in your right life and let's do it right up front let's just get it done and out of the way like i i don't know but yeah. like i know all directors have different ways they do things i know a lot of directors that um direct uh films with children in them try and do it in the right order and yes. not to confuse them um yes. you know not always but sometimes so i mean i always like to to learn how different filmmakers do that. And with this film, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And he could have gone, I'm sure he went over budget. I don't know, but I feel like it, you know, when something looks like it was so easy to make it, it wasn't, but the movie to me, there were some issues, but I really just enjoy watching it. I enjoy thinking about it. Um, but then when I came back and I watched it again, I realized that there are some things about the film that maybe are not politically correct. And then I stopped myself and I'm like, shut your mind off. Like this <laughs> is a movie about a time that wasn't politically correct. Like, and yeah. I'm just like, like, I feel like, do you guys feel that as, as you're watching movies and TV shows these days, Sometimes. like just because mm -hmm. of everything that's going on, you catch yourself doing that. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. Like it's telling me a story about this time over here, not where we're at. And so you right. don't need to correct well, any of those things. 
when I was um, in college, I studied history. And that was one of the things that one of my professors talked about is that one of the hardest things when you're studying history and you're being a historian is looking back on history with your 21st century glasses and, yep. and seeing it through those lenses. Um, and like, not necessarily excusing bad things. Like everybody can agree. Well, at least here in Utah, 88% of people can agree or 87, 82% or whatever it was can agree that slavery is bad. Um, but <laughs> sorry. Um, but, um, when you look back on it, like as a historian, it's hard, it's easy to look at like everybody who owned a slave is a bad person and they like right. they did a horrible right. horrible thing but you have to look at everything in context in history and that doesn't excuse it but it it helps you have an understanding of why those things happened and why they were you know why it was accepted on such a large scale doesn't make it okay but it helps you understand yeah. the context and i think when you're watching movies like this it's an interesting thing to look at Braveheart because you're watching a movie about a specific time in history. So things are going to be politically incorrect based on that time in history, but it's also a movie that was made 25 years ago. So things right. are going to be politically incorrect because it was made 25 years ago. So you've got to look through two layers of, of history yeah. almost yeah. to kind of understand parts that, that maybe wouldn't be appropriate or wouldn't appear in a film today or would be different. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember um, the first time that I saw Birth of a Nation and like my mm -hmm. jaw was on the floor and I'm like, how was this movie shown at the White House? How was this shown celebrated? And then it's like, okay, hold on. I'm thinking with my 1990 brain, I've got to put myself right. in the 1770 brain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the part that that's hard, I think. And, but it's true. Like you watch a movie and you're like, oh, this would never fly today. And, and I think it's interesting to, to find examples of that. And, um, and sometimes that's okay. And you can put it in context and it makes it okay. And then other times it is a little mm -hmm. too much. I mean, Disney yeah. has some movies that are on Disney plus where they'll put the disclaimer on there that like, listen, this is a product of its time. Peter Pan is a great example. The, mm -hmm. the, what makes a red man red is a horribly racist song that in context and at the time was okay. It shouldn't right. have been, and that doesn't make it okay, but yeah. it, but that is an example of that. However, so, what you won't find on Disney plus is song of the South. Right. Anywhere. Somehow right. they've decided as a company that that even in context is too far. Yeah. Um, mentioning Peter Pan really quick. My former boss has a, a little uh, three-year-old and she's been addicted to Disney plus, which my boss is like, it's a godsend because she can watch Disney plus and I can, cause she's not in school. So she's like, she can be entertained. This is great. I can get my work done. And she watched Peter Pan and my boss was like, Oh, that's a cute show. And then her three-year-old started walking around the house going, we're off to kill the engines. The engines. Yeah. Was like, oh. I mean, but I we all sang that song as a kid. Oh, like yeah. I would rehearse that whole entire show because I didn't understand until I right. was older. Right. You know. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally right. Like I again, I watched The Patriot and then I went to Gettysburg two days mm. later, and mm -hmm, then we mm -hmm. we tried to watch The Patriot again like a day after we went to Gettysburg and we couldn't get through it. Like, mm. I don't know that the Patriot would be made like exactly how it was made 
today as it was made when it was made because yeah. because of just the feelings of things and it's yeah it's yeah. it's great to learn history and it's great to watch movies that are dramatic interpretations of the times so that then you can go actually learn about you know what was right. what really right. happened yeah. right and, and it's interesting cuz some films i think there's three different ways that films approach it um one is to just make it all okay Another is to almost um, kind of make it all better. Like you could you could tell a story about um, the Civil War. Like Glory is a great movie about the Civil War, right? And about a, the the Black Regiment and everything. Um, but you don't want to you don't want to make it all roses, right? You don't want to make it seem like the the leaders that were in charge were like totally okay with it and like so forward thinking and progressive and everything else. Like you don't want to do that. You want to still make it real, but tell these stories because when you when you overly make it positive and like look, there were people you don't want to make it inaccurate in either direction, right? You don't want to make it worse than it was and you don't want to make it better than it was. You want to try to find right. that middle ground where it's an accurate portrayal of what things were like at the, at the time, because you don't, there was a lot of hardship, a lot of trials, a lot of suffering for a lot of people in the history of this world. And those stories need to be told. Mm -hmm. um, and they need to be told well, so we can understand that. And we can empathize. Yeah. Part of watching a movie is I can put myself in a character's spot and in the story and kind of understand their point of view in a way that I can't do any other way. Books come right. Books is another way to do it. But like, I can be that character for a minute and try to understand a little bit of what they went through uh, in a way that I couldn't uh, uh, do it any other way. So you, you want to make sure that you're doing that in an accurate way to help people kind of mm -hmm. understand someone who's different and what they're going through um, because we need more empathy in the world and we need more of that feeling of like how hard it must've been and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there are moments in this film where you do feel that, like you feel the plight of the Scotsmen as the, the Lords come in and they, in the, and Prima Nocta, which right. Michael Scott right. on the office didn't understand, but obviously it was a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. But like, like when, when they come into that wedding, um, you know, not William Wallace's wedding, but the other wedding and, and she willingly goes with him and her husband is just like, but she knew she like, wants to she save didn't. him. Yeah. She, yeah. They'd yeah. both be dead. Yeah. And I don't know, like yeah. watching that scene every time I'm like, I would have died because I would have done everything I could to protect my wife in that uh, situation. And like the courage that she had to just be like, no, I'm just going to go. And like, what an awful, awful thing that the English were doing to right. the Scots at the time. And yeah. um, just, horrible stuff and mm -hmm. but you feel that as you're watching the movie and i think that that's one thing that that mel gibson gets right in this is you feel their plight and you like you're ready to go out and join them on the front line and fight against the english you know um and i think that that's just powerful storytelling mm -hmm. i definitely yeah think and I, I, oh go ahead go ahead Please. I was going to, mine's really silly. I was going to say, I guess I, I really noticed more this time, like how many salon selective moments um, Mel Gibson had, like where mm -hmm. the wind is blowing through his hair. But I like, I never noticed that in the past because I was just so 
enamored with how beautiful like the scenery was and the lighting and the coloring and everything. But I was just like, dang, I wish I would have like counted how many times they did that shot with him throughout the film. <laughs> and, and I love, I, I, I said to my wife last night, I'm like in, in a world where there's no showers and everything's mud caked and he's got this perfectly conditioned flowing hair. That's just glowing at the sunset behind him. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does Loki have greasier hair than William Wallace? <laughs> like, I feel like it should be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there are I times, agree. there are times where his hair is very grimy, but yeah, there's some beautiful, long, flowing hair shots and makes me, as a bald man, makes me very sad. Oh. <laughs> oh sorry, Tracy. The film should come with a warning for like all people. Like, just <laughs> warning. So you know, this may put this may be this is put hair in me <laughs> in your head. Drink some coffee. It, you may not get hair on your head, but you'll get it on your chest. There you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Straight up black coffee as a teenager or a younger person. Put hair on your chest. We don't recommend I, it. Actually, my, my, no, obviously not. It sounds. It was gross. It's awful. My granddad was just funny because everything was supposed to put hair on your chest. So I just remember thinking as a kid, how hairy does my chest need to be when I grow up? <laughs> he showed you. This is a picture of uh, Robin Williams, and yeah, and, mm -hmm. and yeah. That's, that's the standard. That's the goal you want to meet. Um, I I love some of the side characters, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck. <laughs> you're wearing you're wearing the mustache. You could be either right now. Listen, it's true. I wish my mustache looked half as good as Tom Selleck's. Like that man. You're almost there. You're, you'll be there yeah. in a couple. Weeks. Getting there. As I was sitting in the hospital, they had some daytime television is all old people commercials, and so they oh, had yeah. some reverse mortgage commercial that was uh -huh. Tom Selleck, and he <laughs> still looks really really good. I'm like. How it's just not fair that some people just look that good their whole lives. Um, so I I do want to just talk about some of the side characters, or at least one in particular. The Irish guy is one of my favorite characters oh my in like all all of film. The one who talks to God and just like he is just so hilarious. Like well, when he a, talks about going into battle, the one time he's like, "Yeah, I'll be fine." Y'all might as let me know. I'll be fine. You're effed, but I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the line. I think it's my favorite line in the film where he's like, if an Irishman wants to talk to an equal, he's got to talk to God. Yeah. Yeah. That was his whole... <laughs> and I love that whenever he talked about Ireland, he talked about his island. Yes. He's like, oh, my island. It's not Ireland. It's my island. Like, it was his. Yeah. It was it. awesome. So I, he was just, he's just one of my favorite characters. I just he have brings to much, he brings some much needed levity in those. Yes. Scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and you need that in a movie like this, otherwise it gets too heavy. It gets too right. bogged down and he, he brings the moments that you need. Um, but, but it's not over the top and it's not out of place. And, and I think it was, again, it was another thing that was done really well. I mean, when you consider that this is really Mel Gibson's first major film like this that he directed, mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing. It's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To tackle something, especially because, like we said earlier, Val, he'd done a short film. He'd done the the Man with No Face. Um, to take on this epic film where you got to film on location, which is always more difficult. You're dealing with a huge cast and extras. 
you've got major battle scenes that you've got to prep everybody for, and they've got to rehearse. And if one person in that battle scene does something bad, you got to cut it and, and start all over. That's a huge undertaking. I, I yeah. definitely have to give him credit for, for taking all that on. Yeah. Can we talk about the end of the film? Sure. Like, sure. I, one, I didn't see it coming. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if I could watch it the first time. Um, mm -hmm. There were just so many things going on at the end of that film. And to, at the time, I don't know, was there anything like that brutal being shown in a big film like this? No. Like I, uh, I tried yeah. to look up and see if there was like a precedence. I mean, I know that same year Casino came out and that was kind of brutal, but like with this specific film, like it sl they slowly take this man apart. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm with you. Um, there, there weren't any that I can think of. I remember when this came out, like I said, I was working at the video store. So I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people. And people were just really upset because they didn't know the story of William Wallace. They didn't know what actually happened to him. And being right. hanged, drawn, and quartered is about just about the worst way you can die. I mean, I can't imagine mm -hmm. much worse of a way to go. So you're expecting the protagonist to come out on top. You're expecting him to lead right. his people to freedom and live happily ever after. Right. And a lot of people felt like they handled this the battle gore, but they did mm -hmm. not handle the torture gore. Which, yeah, and I, I can totally understand that. I, um, one of the things that I really appreciate a, about this film is you don't necessarily realize it, but just having uh, when he's got the two um, little people that come out mm -hmm. and they kind of go through what's going to happen, like right. that is a warning to the film audience, like this is what's coming up. Yeah. So like be prepared either, like just know what's coming and – that you're going to watch that or be prepared to look away or whatever. And like, I think it's really well done that, that he puts that part in the film just as kind mm -hmm. of a warning and a heads up. Yeah. Like this is what's happening next. Um, but I but think, I think even, even the first the time you're watching time, it, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, I think, oh, I think the first them. time you're watching it, like they come out and they do that and you're like, but there's no way that that's what they're really going to do to him. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. Like you're waiting for that hero shot at the end where he somehow yeah. survives and, right, and right. he's, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen. And he, yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrific and awful, but at the same time, it almost had to end that way. Like there's no other way that the story, and I know it's based on a true story. So of course it had to end the way that the story ends, but but like, would all of it had mattered if he hadn't really been willing to put his life on the line and give right. up his life? Would right. any of anything that he had done mattered if his last word that he shouts out wasn't freedom? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if yeah. he had given in and if he had begged for mercy, all of it would have been for nothing. Yeah. No, I loved it. Like it really made an impact in my life. Cause that's when I was really developing the love for wanting to make films. So I was really paying attention at this point. And it was the first movie I think I had seen like this, where you're talking about a hero, you follow the hero through a story. And then at the end of the movie, the hero dies. Like for mm -hmm. me at that age, that was the first time I had ever seen that happen. And I love mm -hmm. now, like it's one of my favorite things when a movie 
does not have a happy ending when it shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like I remember when Harriet came out last year and a lot of people were really unhappy about the movie Harriet um, about Harriet Tubman because they thought it was just too shiny and too clean Mm -hmm. and too, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way, but I didn't know much about, you know, her journey until I, like I, what I learned in school you know, then I saw the movie and then I went and learned more about it. But, um, you know, there was a huge community that just thought it wasn't um, real enough. And I think, I mean, if anything, Braveheart, it may not be historically accurate in every single, you know, way that he got where he got. But right. I think the ending of that film saying that you we've had battles and people fight battles all the time and people don't win themselves. However what he then meant to a whole bunch of people was a huge win, you know, what that sparked in other people. So it was a win in a different way, but if he would have lived it, like you said, like it just wouldn't have meant as much. And if they would have cut the story off before all that happened and he's riding off, you know, with his soldiers and then they scroll up the screen and then William Wallace was, you know, they do that in some of the movies where, you know, and then they tell us all the bad things that happened and they don't show us, you know, I don't always need a Django Unchained. That movie is really hard for me to watch, but Mm -hmm. it's really nice when you have a filmmaker that can show you the good, the bad and the ugly and the romantic all at this in the same movie and it's, and it's a good combination. And I do think this was a good combination of that. Well, yeah. and, and, and you need that, right? I mean, history, real life is good, bad, and ugly. And part of the reason that we move forward and part of the reason that we get drawn to a cause is because of people like a William Wallace that are willing to give their lives um, for a cause. That's a good, righteous cause. I mean, I'm not talking about being a patriot or fighting for freedom against being compassionate toward other people. I'm talking about a real cause where your rights and freedoms and you are looked down on as not a real person. Mm -hmm. Those are the times that you need to learn to stand up and fight. And sometimes you've got to go all the way and be willing to go all the way. And those are the heroes that stick out that you remember. um, And, and that it matters. I mean, as silly as it is to even make a even close to a comparison like that, but end game, seeing Iron Man die, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you knew it mattered because he was willing to give up everything to save everything that he had. And like, and then he did, he did, he gave it all. Like you need that kind of sacrifice sometimes in a story in Mm -hmm. order to light a fire under other people and in order to, to make the progress that you need. And I think that, that they played out really well in Braveheart. Yeah. Um, And, and one thing um, that the, the film doesn't quite touch on, but um, adds kind of more sadness and a little tinge of horror to it, is after, well, they, they emasculated him. So they cut off his genitals. Then they mm-hmm. um, cut him open and they actually burned his entrails in front of him. Then they beheaded him. Then they cut him up into four pieces mm-hmm. and they sent those four pieces to four different parts of England to be put on display they dipped his head in tar and then stuck it on a pike on the, on the bridge, a London bridge. It's just like, Oh my gosh. And, but, and, and it's a mistake that leaders, tyrant leaders make over and over again in history where yeah. you think this will send a message to those that are like, this is what happens. This is your leader. And this is what we did. 
And unfortunately, the message, not unfortunately, but the message that often mm-hmm. gets sent instead is now we're pissed and now right. we're going to fight right. for our freedom. And yeah, my, I, I was going to say the, the other thing that I like, I, I like this movie. Um, it, I like it in the historical context. It frustrates me when people take this type of movie and use it to talk about the freedoms that they're being oppressed by when they're not really being oppressed by anything. It's mm-hmm. like, you forget this movie meant something like he fought for something that was actually legitimately a righteous cause. And I see these memes of the William Wallace face paint and, you know, I'm not going to wear my mask and it just drives me nuts. It's like, you don't really know what oppression is, man. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, 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 you got to, I'm with you, Jake, you got to keep that historical context. You got to understand that well, this is, this is why this happened. I think within the American psyche is this idea of we are rebels and we are patriots uh-huh. and we are, you know, we're not going to be oppressed by government because that's something that we have inherited from 1776 down until today that we are not going to be um, subject to a tyrant ever again. And so we are looking within that American psyche, I think we're always looking for that fight. The problem mm-hmm. is some of us find it in the wrong place. Yeah. Like yeah. fighting against being compassionate toward your neighbor and wearing a cloth over your face. That's not fighting for freedom. That's fighting for your comfort. That's fighting for, right. and and I don't want to get overly political because we're not a political show by any means, but I don't think it's politics. Like that's not fighting for freedom. Mm-hmm. That's fighting for your comfort, fighting for just, your own selfish whatever but well, it's a it's a misrepresentation of what this person did and what they stood for yeah you're kind and, of absolutely that name i and gotta tell you like go ahead i was gonna say especially if you can look around today and there are actual people being actually oppressed in this country mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of who they are and they are less than people and you want to go and protest because you have to wear a mask, you look silly and stupid and dumb and you should just stop. If you want to find a cause to go support, there are plenty out there, but it's not the one that you've espoused. So anyway, Bravo. Sorry, Val, what were you going to say? No, I mean, I think, you know, I feel like I'm in touch with a lot of things, even being here in Utah that are going on in the world around us. I try and, you know, keep myself knowledgeable about things, but I, I, we went to independence hall in in Uh Philadelphia and I had never been there before, you know, and they, you could only go a few people in at a time. So it was even, I think even more experience because it's not a building full of people. Like there's six of us standing in this huge room where the men who signed the declaration of independence 86,000 days ago, 86,000 and whatever days ago I posted about this yesterday and just standing there and understanding that they were in that room breaking the law Mm -hmm. so that we could start fighting for the freedoms that we wanted. Right. Didn't what, what I don't think people understand is that, the freedom didn't start in 1770. They signed a document that pushed us in the right direction. And now since that document has been signed, it's up to us 
as humans, mm -hmm. as people who live in the United States to then fight for more freedoms as we recognize them. It's a working document. Mm -hmm. They signed it, but it's a working document. We're a working government. And to right. just stand right. there with everything that's going on after going to Gettysburg and going and doing all that and then coming home and watching Braveheart, it's just like, you know, all this stuff that's going on. And then like going into a Home Depot in Oklahoma where it <laughs> says where it says to put your mask on and these big, huge pictures, like you have to wear a mask and we go in to get spray paint so we can go um, graffiti things. Cause that was our right. Um, legally, legally, <laughs> legally, legally, legally graffiti things um, in Texas. Um, you know, there's still, there was still at least 20% of the people in that building not wearing a mask because in Oklahoma and in parts of Texas, like they, feel like it is their right to choose. And I mean, we've built the country where until somebody says they have to, it kind of is their right. I don't agree with it. Right. Um, but you know, we, it's, it's, I agree with everything that you said, um, Jake. And I think watching this film and watching other films and really, you know, looking at how, we take a lot of things for granted. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just, yeah, it's, and, and getting into like, I've already watched next week's movie and I have to say there's a lot of similarities um, in uh, cinematography, but also in how I felt mm -hmm. after I watched um, last of the Mohicans. That's what we're wa mm -hmm. talking about next week. I hope so. Cause that's what I watched. Um <laughs> yep. I was going to tease it later. I so this is a perfect, for the wrong perfect segue. I figured so, we're I an hour in, so test. I'll get there. But I feel like, <laughs> I feel like these movies back to back with where we are in our country right now and everything that I just experienced, um, going to Washington, DC, Boston, Philadelphia, you know, all these places where our country began, um, mm -hmm. And then kind of seeing what's going on in our country right now, I just kind of feel stupid. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like if I was somebody who fought all of these battles in any one of these circles of movies that we're watching and I was standing outside of America right now and looking in, be like, what the heck are you guys doing right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, can, like, I just don't, like so every once in a while, I just step back from my life and I look in and I'm like, what am I not seeing? And I feel like as a country, all of us need to step out and look in and be like, what am I not seeing from every side? You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's as a, as a film watcher, as a movie watcher, that's the really cool thing that we get to do is we get to look, we get to step outside of what we're being told. We get to see it as a whole picture and then kind of go through it as in, you know, well, I can't believe they didn't see that or I can't believe right. they did that right. or that happened. But when you're in it, you just don't see it. And so that's why I think every once in a while we all just need to step out of the movie that we're in that is our lives and kind of yeah. be like what are we not seeing what are we well, not seeing I, I love that and i think i think that's a great point val and i think one of the things that you said it, it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the things that we're not doing but the reality is you look at someone like a william wallace in this movie he wasn't concerned about overthrowing the king of england and getting him out of scotland he was concerned about his his little village, his right. wife, his little circle and his, um, 
his own personal little life. And I think if we can focus on our own small communities and making the differences that we can in our own social circles and trying to be a, a force for, for change in a good mm-hmm. way, just mm-hmm. in the people that we influence and that we're around, I think that speaks volumes. And that's where it starts, right? It's those little fires that spark to be. and turn into a, a big fire that, that brings about change. Um, and so like, don't, don't get overwhelmed by all the stuff that we can't do and we can't change and we can't fix that We want to fix that we would love to, but I agree. Expand your, expand beyond your own little movie and see what else is out there and, mm-hmm. and then change what you can in your own mm-hmm. circle and, and, and be that force for change. Um, yeah. Well said both of you. I got nothing to add. That's beautiful. Let's rate I, the movie. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> now we need to give the movie a grade. <laughs> That one, you start. <laughs> um, I really think this movie was beautiful. It did have some issues, I think, for me. Just like you said, it was a little bloated. Um, there were some things that could have been trimmed down. Um, but all in all, I really enjoy watching it, and I think it's a solid B. Um, it's not a movie I can watch all the time. It takes a lot of energy. <laughs> to watch this film, I think just cause you have to think about so many things you go through all the emotions. Um, I think a solid B for me. I definitely enjoyed it. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the cinematography. Um, I thought the acting was really strong. Um, but like I said, the editing was just driving me nuts. You could have really trimmed this movie down. And it's interesting because a movie, like you said earlier, Jake Endgame. It's just about as long, and I didn't feel like pretty much anything could be cut from that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go just a little bit lower than Val. I'm going to go probably a B minus. I don't think it's held up as well. I think that there's a lot of nostalgia with this movie that people bring to it. Um, watching it through just my my right now film critic brain, um, I'm going to go B minus. Doesn't mean I hated it. Didn't mean, doesn't mean that I B- don't think it's worth seeing. B minus is still a good grade. B minus right. is still a good grade. It's, it's, it's yeah. not bad, but, um, but to me that was driving me nuts. So we, we are kind of a little bit of a spectrum on this one this mm-hmm. time. Cause I'm, I'm going to go a on it because, and for me, I don't look at it the same way that, that you do Tracy with an editor's lens sure, or, sure. or vows as a film critic, because, um, I, for me, it's just a story that speaks to me. And every time I watch it, I'm ready to go throw on a kilt and go face the English. And um, it's part of the reason my wife won't let me buy a kilt, probably, because if I watch this movie, I'm going to be right out That's there the with my step. face painted. And That's the um, first step. It's going to lead yeah. down a rabbit hole and it's just going to be, yeah. But But this story has always resonated well with me as far as the idea that, you know, you can take someone's life, but you can't take their freedom. The idea that, uh, you know, just some of the lines that come out of it, every, every man dies, but not every man truly lives and like finding ways to make a difference around you. So, uh, for me, it's an A just because it's one of my favorites. And so it's hard for me to go lower than that. Yeah, totally. But I I do agree about this. Isn't one that like, Hey, I want a nice fun movie to watch this afternoon. Let's throw on Braveheart. Like we watched that last Friday. Again, it would be it would be closer to an A for me if it was. You guys know I only give A's to movies that I can watch over and over, and I can watch this movie every couple of years. Like watching it in the same, it's just it 
because you, it's every emotion. Like you go through every single emotion and it's exhausting, but in the best mm. way, <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah, I got to cleanse my palate with something. Um, yeah. I, I liked it better than good. 17 again. If that helps Jake. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it does. But no, that's the great thing about, about film. And I think sometimes we forget that in our fandoms is that it's okay to have differing opinions and it's okay oh, yeah, to have absolutely. different emotional responses. Like you get people who are like, well, if you didn't like it, then you're an idiot, that type of thing. And, and no, man, it's all subjective yeah. art subjective. So well, next yeah. week's going to be interesting because I have some opinions about the last of the Mohicans. So cool. I'm I haven't watched that in a long time. So I'm interested to go back and check it out. Yeah. It's a good one. I, I always loved Last of the Mohicans because that's where Hawkeye on MASH got his name was from Hawkeye and Last of the Mohicans. So uh, the book, though, not the movie, obviously, because the series predates right. that anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but still, it'll be fun to talk about. Um, and it's a good one to do post-Thanksgiving, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so. I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah. <laughs> <I> didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> not what we planned. I was thinking about I was like, oh, man, we did I mean, not I guess plan that. Subconsciously, we well, really wanted to make you feel bad <laughs> last year we did planes trains and automobiles this year we're doing last of the mohicans i know well it's hard because there's like planes trains and automobiles and then like dutch and that's pretty much it, it. for thanksgiving themed movies yep. so yep. <laughs> we're kind of <laughs> so we got to do something different um in any case if you guys like this please go ahead and like and subscribe on our youtube channel uh, that helps other people find us and, and gets us out in front of more faces um you can find us in all the places um facebook twitter instagram um and you can send us feedback at podcast at movies that make us.com if you have any suggestions for any movies that you'd like us to cover or any thoughts on this episode or any episodes that we've done uh, we always love to hear from you um thank you so much for watching uh this was kind of an episode that we took to a lot of different places but hopefully you enjoyed it we had fun talking it about it um and uh until then, we won't see you at the movies. Freedom! Freedom! This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.